Welcome to the Fit40 Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting fitness and nutrition information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we got another special guest. This has been one hell of a streak and going to keep it going with a guy that I know from my mentorship. I know he's got one hell of a story and he's one of the strongest people I know physically and mentally. And he has one hell of a journey that I cannot wait to dive into. If you've ever heard of Chasing Fitness, this is the guy. So Chase, welcome. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you having me on. Of course, of course, man. I've been looking forward to this one. So like, let's start it off and just let the people know like who you are, what exactly got you into the whole nutrition coaching space and getting fit? Like, what was it like from when you started your journey to now? Yeah. So my, my journey definitely, like, and I always like to say my journey technically, like it started in 2019, but as we all know, like our journey kind of starts from like day one. Right. So um, you know, obviously like I was always a bigger kid growing up, I struggled with my weight my entire life and just really just awful relationship with food, binge eating, lo- long history of that. And just really struggling with that. And I tried every diet every single year, I Atkins diet, Nutrisystem, um, low fat diet, um, fasting, like you name it. I've probably tried it like beach body, like whatever it is. Like, I've tried them all. Um, and every year would lose 20, 30 pounds and get it all back. Right. Like every, just like everyone else, a lot of people struggle with. Um, and so eventually, you know, it came up until 2019 when a friend and coworker at the time challenged me to a weight loss challenge. And I was like, all right, sure. Like we'll get a shot. Like we'll see what happens. You know, I know, honestly just thought it was gonna make another, you know, another fad diet. I started with intermittent fasting that first time for that year. Cause that was the thing at the time that everyone was doing. And so gave that a shot and honestly, like started just kind of like, I think with the accountability of having her like to compete with and like we were both holding each other accountable, going to the gym together and showing up for each other, checking each other, like nutrition, make sure we're both eating good. And, um, and I started to see some great results by the end of the month. I had lost like 30 pounds that first month, like just felt really, really good. And we gave up the challenge just because it was like, I had a lot more loose than she did. And I was like, all right, let's just be honest. Like I'm going to lose a lot faster than you. So like, it's just not fair. So like, let's do the challenge side of things, but we can at least keep each other going. And so we did that. And probably in April of that year, I met my first coach, um, did not hire him until August that year, but he continued to help me all throughout the summer. You know, I was in his Facebook group and um, really helped me out a lot with a lot of different things and eventually hired him in August. By the end of that year, I'd lost over a hundred pounds and was feeling phenomenal throughout that. And just, you know, like it just, and from that point forward, like, and I'm, I know I'm kind of speeding up to the journey as well. Cause like, I feel like there's, there's a ton of rabbit holes to go down, but like, just to keep oh, it concise, will. you know, like <laughs> just to keep it concise, like for like this first starting point here, like, you know, after 2019, 2020, um, I was then switched to working in the ER. I was, I'm a registered nurse as well. So I was working as a nurse during this time and switched to the ER late 2019, early 2020. Then of course we you know work through the ER through all the pandemic and all that fun stuff. What um, timing, so man! You picked a perfect, perfect oh, time, dude. It was, like it, I I switched over in October 2019 is when I left. I was working at Psych Mental Health at a state hospital, and then switched to emergency nursing. And I'd gotten my feet wet, was feeling really good. They had just released me from orientation, probably like January, February, and I was like, I'm feeling good about this. Like I got this. Like let's go, let's go. And then like here's a pandemic. Deal with this now. <laughs> So like, have fun. Bye bye. Yeah, exactly. It was perfect timing. Um, so worked all the way through that. Um, and also 2020 has to really get more into the fitness side of things. My first coach, he only did nutrition. So I actually found an online trainer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jordan Lips, but I worked with Mm -hmm. him for a while with my fitness side of things. And actually, eventually, he ended up taking over my nutrition as well. And really, just got into love lifting. And then. 2021, I started travel nursing for a while, went out to, um, went down to Charleston, South Carolina, then I went out to just north of Denver, Colorado, then um, travel nurse up until April of 22. And that's actually when I ended up leaving my nursing career and went full-time into coaching. And I guess to take us one step back, I started 
uh, coaching back in 2020, you know, just after a lot of people started asking me like, you know, how did you do what you did? Like, can you help me lose weight? Can you help me do this? Help me do that. And, and for a while, it was just kind of like a hobby. Like, it was just like, sure, I can do that. Like, and you know, more started kind of just helping people like through the DMs, like just as friends. And then my coach is like, hey, you should like consider getting your coaching certification. And I was just like, well, I, I don't really know. Like, like, sure, I guess like we'll do it. And so I did it and it did like the, you know, the NCI guinea pigs, things like that. Like to like get used to like coaching. And after that, they just really fell in love with it. And, you know, during that time, since I was working in the ER, I started, it was really interesting to see both sides of the spectrum, right? In coaching, we are so focused on like trying to prevent a lot of the health and sickness and diseases and chronic illnesses and things like that. We're trying to prevent a lot of that through nutrition and exercise and lifestyle change versus working in the ER. There were a lot of times I'd see patients that I'm just like, man, like what if somebody was there for you like two, three years ago? Like you may not even be sitting here. Like obviously like we can't prevent all things people show up at the ER for like traumas and things like that. But there are a lot of people that would come in for like all these chronic illnesses that are like horrible diabetes, heart attacks, like, and like just a lot of really bad things. And I was like, I feel like I could just help so many more people by taking more of the coaching route rather than the nursing route. Like, don't get me wrong. Nursing has a place in my heart. Always will. I don't see myself ever going back to it. I'll, I, you know, never say never. I, I still have my license and such, but. Yeah. I hear the traveling you know, just, nurses I, make a whole lot of money. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I took a pay cut when I, trust me, when anyone ever says like, oh, you just do coaching for all the money. Trust me guys. I took a huge pay cut when I left my travel nursing job. Um, but yeah, so that said, you know, I started getting more into the coaching side of things, left my um, nursing job April last year, like I mentioned. And since then I have actually merged my company with another company, Conquer Fitness Nutrition with Chris. And it's been amazing ever since then. But that's my story in a nutshell. Again, like I said, there's a million other places you can take with that. Um, oh, mm -hmm. and you mentioned like, you know, the, the strength as well. Um, I should, I kind of just skipped over that entire part there. I should also oh, mention, good. um, got into powerlifting last year in June of, uh, 22. And after one of my friends, she competed in the national championship, won first place there. Then she went to worlds in Australia. I went with her there and just really got into powerlifting myself. And now I've competed once and I compete again in about five weeks. So get, let me get this straight. You've been doing this for a year and what are your numbers? So my current maxes are squat 415 and bench 231 and deadlift 460. Not too shabby for one freaking year. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. no, there was, it popped up in my memories. Like when I, like when I, for like the first week of squatting with my powerlifting coach and obviously like i had a little bit of like background already with like hypertrophy style training before that but yeah. one year of powerlifting training and but like when i started working with my powerlifting coach i was squatting like 85 pounds um and like for like sets of like four mm -hmm. <laughs> and now you know single of what or 415 so pretty cool Jeez, must be nice <laughs> <laughs> i'm by I'm no means the strongest but it is cool to be able to lift that much weight <laughs> yeah to put to put in perspective for the uh, for the listeners, that took me like all three, four years of high school to get to that point. So it's like he did it in a third of the time. So <laughs> the teenage Brian is like giving you the middle finger right now. Um, <laughs> Fair. I'll take it. <laughs> but to bring it back to some of the things you were talking about, like how you and your friend were like, listen, like, let's set some realistic expectations. Like, I'm going to lose more because I have more to lose. Like, mm -hmm. I love that because everybody should kind of take the stance of what is realistic and what are we really going to see here? And mm -hmm. I think it makes a good case for percentage over like poundage. Would you mm -hmm. agree? Yes, absolutely. And, and to kind of expand a little bit on that as well, I think it's important to like, you know, there are many times I go back like and like revisit like in my, in my head, I, I should say like about like kind of like that first year and how quickly things did progress. And there's, uh, there's times when I'm like, you know, I, I don't say I would recommend everyone take it that fast, like losing over hundred pounds in one year. But then again, at the same point, there's actually some scientific data that shows that just by getting the results that quick, it can continue to motivate. And and then this is for people who need to lose over a hundred pounds, right? Like I'm not talking about, you know, Karen that needs to lose five pounds, right? Like that, that needs to take some time, right? But yeah. somebody who is almost 400 pounds, like I was that fast of progress is not only great for health, like 
that's when like the risk is there. So like you do need to lose that much weight, but also it is very motivating to keep going. So there is some benefit to that. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why like I kind of not get mad, but like the right word would be like, I, I get annoyed seeing like some coaches poo poo on like Ozempic and any version of semaglutide where it's mm-hmm. like, that's what people are getting out of it. Like they're getting that quick hit of success where it's like, okay, I can do this. And then like, yeah. I've literally had a friend that lost like, what is it? 20, 30 pounds. And now she's saying, oh, now that I did this, I want to go to the gym now that I feel confident in myself. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing like in, and I don't know, like I, I definitely have like the mixed opinions on the medications and such. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer as well. Like, like you said, like, I feel like it does have its time and place. Absolutely. I think where I, I think why I, I definitely probably take the stance more, more that I'm not as much for as I am, you know, and the reason I say this is just because I feel like a lot of people that do need to lose like the 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds, they're wanting to jump on this stuff. And it's like, yeah, that is for the different people camp. who are exactly, exactly. And I think like that's where I need to make it clear of like, and I, and I think that's why a lot of coaches and I, and I, and I love that. And I love the discussion as well here, like that we're having, because I feel like it's important to say like where a lot of the hate quote unquote comes from is from people that are abusing it, trying to use it like with t- losing 20 pounds. But if you are like four or 500 pounds, by all means, like this could be an actual method that could be helpful. Um, so I, I love that you brought that up. And I think it's just important. Like context is everything, right? With, with it, and that goes with anything in the health and fitness space. Exactly. And it's tough to get context and nuance on a mm-hmm. Twitter post or a 90 second exactly. reel. It's like, uh, yeah. are we, how much of a conversation and a dialogue are we really going to have here? You're not. You're not. So no. everyone just jumps to their own conclusions with that. Yeah. And that's why like the magic words are discuss this with your doctor to see if it's right for you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But to your point, again, like bringing it back to what you were covering before saying like, there's people in these hospital beds, like if only somebody got to them like a couple of years earlier, like it's so sad to think about, but like so many people are on that trajectory where it's like, well, nothing bad has happened yet. And it's like, they're ticking time bombs and they don't, and you, I mean, you could probably speak to this more and like my girlfriend, like being, being a doctor, she could speak to this. Like there's people that would, that are in these beds that are dying, that would probably kill for a second chance. Like get like coming back from a heart attack, they would probably live a super healthy life, but they don't always get that opportunity. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, you know, and thankfully I, I never really had like a huge health scare. I know there's a lot of people that, you know, that would be in my same boat that were, you know, close to 400 pounds that usually have like a big health scare. That's what sparks all of this. You know, thankfully it didn't come to that point. Um, Now, granted I had like sleep apnea, I had high blood pressure, uh, elevated heart rate. Like I I wasn't, I'm not saying I was healthy by any means, but I never had like a really serious event that caused all of this to start. Um, You were on like the path, but it wasn't like you were close to the end. Exactly. But you know, who knows, like you said, though, there are a lot of, I know a lot of people that I've, you know, past patients that I've taken care of that were in their like thirties, forties, fifties that are coming in with like heart attacks or, you know, uncontrolled diabetes where like their blood sugars, like I've seen blood sugars in the thousands of just like super uncontrolled um, medical conditions. And it's like, don't like, there's so much you can do and little things. And, and I always have this conversation with a lot of clients because I've worked with a lot of clients that were, you know, I, you know, when I first started working as a coach, I love to work with people who are my past version of myself, basically, that were four or 500 pounds. And I always told them, like, you at this weight, and, and, and I hate, and for lack of better words, I'm going to say you have an advantage. And I don't, and what I mean by that, though, is like, you can do the smallest things and make the biggest changes in your health. Like, if we just like started looking at eating a little more protein, if we can take it, just get a little more steps, if we could just work out once a week if we could just maybe cut out sodas like we could do the little tiny things here and there and make huge changes and massive progress so i think it's important just to realize like when you're at that point you are just a few steps away from changing your entire life you just have to be able to take those first couple little steps absolutely and I think another, like if we're talking about advantages, I remember working with a guy who was, I think he was in the 300 ish range and he put it in perspective for me so clearly. He's like, listen, you've never been like this and you don't know what it's like waking up literally in pain every single day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, if that's not a motivator, I don't know what is. 
Like yeah. imagine waking up not in pain, how good that would feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when it's all the, and, and this also goes back to where the unfortunate side of that is a lot of people don't know what good feels like. Like yeah, I, they've come accustomed when, to when I, it. Yeah. I, like that was my entire life, right? Like I, that's what I grew up as. And that's what I continue just to like skyrocket my way up throughout the last you know few years before that. And a lot of this, like, I didn't know what good felt like. I didn't know what not, you know, like, but like to have the endurance to be able to like walk up a flight of steps and not feel out of breath. Like, like you just don't think about those things until you actually get past that. And you're like, dang, like that feels really good now. Like I feel so much better. Like I have so much more energy. Like I thought I slept good. I thought I had energy. I thought like I, I didn't have all these problems, but like once you get past them, you're like, dang, I feel really, really good right now. Yeah. And that reflection, I think, is the most important thing right there. Because like how many times have you worked with a client where it's like, well, yeah, like it doesn't hurt anymore. And like, yeah, it's no big deal. And you're just like, no, that is a very big deal. <laughs> it is. And pe- people don't take people take this too lightly. I think like you need to view that as just as massive of progress and weight loss itself. And that's one thing I really harp on with a lot of my clients. And actually, there's something I do with a ton of my clients. That I'll talk about a little bit. and it's basically looking at wins every single day, no matter what they are. Like I have so many clients that maybe they're at maintenance or, you know, we're not looking at weight loss or maybe the scale is just not cooperating the way we, we wish it would for right now. Yeah. But I'm still having them. I have them send me a daily win. Like we use the app Trainerize and we're able to make habits for them every day. And one of their habits for most of my clients is send a daily win to me. And then that way, every evening I look for those daily wins that come from my clients. And no matter what it is, I, I'm like, I don't care if it was, I took the steps instead of the elevator. I don't care if it's, I got an extra 10 grams of protein today than I normally do. I don't care if it was, I even like I caught myself mid binge. Like these are all wins that we need to be celebrating rather than just looking at what the scale's doing. Yep. And it really does come down to that mindset of like having to look for wins just like, because how easy is it to get negative? How easy is it to go Mm -hmm. down that spiral of like, I don't look how I want. I don't feel how I want. I'm making no progress. But at the same time, you're stacking up all these little wins and not acknowledging them at all. But the moment you start looking for them and, and in the beginning, it's very hard, right? Like I have a lot of clients that they, the first like week or two of them sending me a daily win, it's always like, oh, I really don't think I had a win. Maybe this, maybe that. And then next thing you know, like a week or two later, like I'm getting like three, four, five, six wins a day. And it's, and it's amazing. Like, or I have one client now that she's been sending me daily wins for the last like two weeks. And like, she'll send me a win like three to four times a day, like throughout the day, she's sending me wins throughout the day. And it's so cool because then I, and I use the analogy of like, think about like when you buy a brand new car and at first, you know, you, maybe you're like, oh, I've never like, I'll just use like, I have a Highlander, for example. Like, let's say like, I never saw Highlanders. Well, the day that I bought a Highlander, next thing you know, like throughout the next week, I'm like, everyone drives a damn Highlander now. Like, what is this? But it's just because your mind, your subconscious mind is now more aware of those and it looks out for those. So the more you yep. identify those wins, the more your mind is going to be looking for those wins without you having to even think about it. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the Matrix with the red, gr- woman in the red dress. It's like, yeah, I saw her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, did you look back around? Gun in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it it is such an important point. Just like anybody listening right now, even if you're not a client, it's like just look for the wins and you'd be surprised how many can stack up. Yeah, there's a lot more out there. You just have to look for them. You have to be able to identify them. Exactly. And now since we're on the topic of clients and like things that that they struggle with, I mean, we know people listening right now, again, if they're not even clients, they're probably struggling with the same stuff. What's something that's Mm -hmm. been coming up lately for your clients and like things that are common that you catch yourself, like repeating yourself and like some tips that have worked really, really well. Yeah. So lately I, and I've been talking a little bit about this recently um, with a lot of my clients is I've just had a lot of clients going through a lot of different hardships lately. Um, And whether it's, you know, losing loved ones, I have one that's dealing with her, you know, her son's dealing with an addiction problem. I have another one who lost their pet. I have another one who lost their job. I mean, like, it seems I just, like I everybody's all... pets are dying. I don't know why. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. The other, the other day, one of our group chats, we had like 
three or four people all saying they had to put their dogs down or their dogs passed. And I was just like, this is so sad. <laughs> like, can we talk about something exciting for a couple of, <laughs> a couple of days? <laughs> I think it's um, the time of the year. I honestly do. It's like that lull. Oh, man. It's so sad. <laughs> but the, but we, I just have a lot of clients that are going through a lot of hard crap right now that are just yeah. really struggling with like, you know, and it's so hard because, I mean, let's let's face it, like they come in. They're absolutely dominating the program. They're getting amazing results. They're they're so consistent with their nutrition, killing the workouts, hitting new PRs every week, and like just things are going phenomenal. And we were loving it. And then all these roadblocks are popping up. And the moment that happens, they start getting down on themselves. They start getting really frustrated. They're like, you know, I just I can't do this. Like and they and they they're getting so mad that they're but they're holding themselves at expectations that everything is still going great. Right. And I feel like that's where I then I, I I pull it back and I'm like all right like first take a big deep breath because you probably need it because you're a little ball of anxiety right now like let's take a big deep breath right now get through this it's okay this is where we pull out the concept of grit and grace you've been using a lot of grit lately and been, and been crushing it like I'm so proud of you but here's the time of your and the phase that you're in where we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace grace is super important in this journey as well now I've had some people in the past where they, you know, we use grace a little bit too much where like maybe it's almost starting to become an excuse a little bit, but I'm like, this is not an excuse. Like you literally have had like three people in your family pass away in the last like month. Like let's pump the brakes a little bit and realize that it's okay to take a step back and focus on your big rocks right now. And this is actually um, a concept and I'll, um, I'll give credit to Jared Hamilton. This is where I found this analogy from, or this, the way they explain this. And I love it. And I use it with my clients all the time is let's find your floor. This is the time where you have so much going on right now. You're shooting for your ceiling every single day and you're crushing it, right? You're, you're, you're hitting your ceiling every single day. But the moment that something starts happening and, and this life seems to be like going haywire, you're now struggling to hit that ceiling. And so now you're looking at every day as a failure. So we need to go back and where's our floor? Our floor may be down here. Maybe that's like, Hey, maybe I'm just hitting my calories. Like I'm not caring about protein this week, but I'm going to hit my calories. And maybe I'm going to go for a five minute walk a day. Maybe I'm going to journal for two minutes a day. Like these super basic things that people would be like, well, I was journaling for 10 minutes a day and going for an hour walk. And okay, great. You were, but that's also when your life was smooth and consistent and smooth sailing right now, things are not that way. So let's find your floor, lower the barrier a little bit to success down. And then that way it makes it much easier and you can stack wins and build momentum day after day after day, because now you have found your floor where that, where it's super easy to hit those wins every day. We can always work our way back up and raise our floor up closer towards our ceiling as we, you know, get through this. But right now, stick to your basics, find your big rocks that you need to focus on right now and work on those. And that's what we can work on in this season of life. I've had a couple of clients lately that were in deficits and crushing it. And when all this is going on, I'm like, hey, guess what? We're taking a die break. Like, I don't want you stressing because then they're, because then it's like, you know, they have all this stress, which makes it harder. And then their food's starting to struggle a little bit. And then they're mad because the scale's not going down because they think they're in a deficit still. So I'm like, all right, diet break. Let's get through this. And we'll pick right back up. Yep. And that is a sign of a, of a seasoned coach <laughs> being able to be like, all right, <laughs> the storm is whirling. Let's, let's yes. calm it down a little bit. Yes, exactly. I, you just, just got to roll with it sometimes and, and understand that it's okay like, to pull back. Yeah. And I love how you brought up the whole like grace versus an excuse because it's so like weird how like men, like behavior and mentality plays such a big role. Like when it starts getting to the point where you're ready to start the journey, you make every excuse in the world why you can't. Like mm -hmm. finances, my kids, my husband's not supportive and all these excuses stack up. And then the second you get on the journey, it's like, well, I feel like I'm making excuses. Like, I, it's like, what? <laughs> you got to be able to like yeah. differentiate the difference between grace, like when it's like acceptable and when it's like an excuse, like, all right, you're letting yourself off the hook. Like you could do better. Yeah. I, I always say like, you, like in your gut, you know, like, right. Yeah. I mean, like we all know like the day when like you're, you're sitting at home at, at, at the, on the, at the couch, you know, watching TV and you know, you need to, you know, you need to go to the gym or you're just like, uh, I really just don't feel good. Like, all right, come on. Like you're making excuses now, like get your butt to the gym, get a workout in. You're going to feel amazing afterwards. You're going to be so glad you did afterwards. 
that's when you use the gray. The grace is though, you know, when, you know, your kid gets sick and has to go to the ER or something like that, and you can't make it to the gym. Okay. That's not an excuse. Like you have to give yourself grace to be okay to skip that workout for the day. Exactly. It's almost like learning the difference between like good and bad pain in the gym. It's like, is this a tweak mm -hmm. I can learn from, or is it an injury that's going to teach me a lesson? Yes. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many parallels, right? <laughs> between strength training, <laughs> behavior, all that stuff. It's like, you learn to do hard things. That's the journey, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just, you have to just, you have to learn to push outside of that comfort zone. And like, that's when like, you're going to, your body's going to find excuses to like not push outside of the comfort zone, right? It, your body, your mind has a job to protect yourself. And if it senses something as scary or something that's going to be uncomfortable or something that could cause pain or could injure you, it's going to do everything it can to put out all these excuses into your mind to tell you why not to do it. And mm -hmm. sometimes you have to realize like, all right, is this an excuse or do I actually just need to push through this and take the leap of faith? Because let's be honest, like you're not always going to have everything ever figured always figured out before you make that leap. Take your best guess, take the best leap you can, best effort. You may fail, but you only fail if you don't try again. So just keep trying again. Exactly. Exactly. And it does take that effort like to push past that. Because mm -hmm. I do tr I do believe that like most human baseline like based on like upbringing and like biology and all that, I do think we do tend to have like sloth-like behavior. Like that tends mm -hmm. to be a lot of people's baseline. Like I remember my girlfriend told me a story about like how she went to med school in Grenada and there's really no incentive to work hard in that country because I guess the government takes care of them or whatever. And what do people, like mm -hmm. most of the people do there, they just get drunk and hang out all day. It's oh, like, interesting. When everything's taken care of, like, that's what you go to. It's not like you try and take better care of yourself and thrive. That's not Why do you like have to? in the nature. Exactly. Why would I mean, you? Like, I mean, I, I would probably be one of those people getting drunk too. But <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, why, why are you going to purposely make yourself uncomfortable if you don't have to? Exactly. Right? Like, it's easier just to like, to be like, okay, cool. You're going to hand me everything I need. You know, just like, you know, that if it was that easy, that's why everyone would be walking around with six pack abs, right? Like, it's not that easy. You have to put in effort to be able to get the results you're looking for. Exactly. And that's why I think the majority of people are overweight or obese because like we live in a calorie dense environment and a mm -hmm. nutrient deficient environment. Like if you mm -hmm. just, I, I remember I had a client a few months back say like, I just want this to be like mindless. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, you can after a while, like eventually you get into the rhythm and you know what's good, but you still kind of always have that voice in your head. If you go with no voice at all, you're setting yourself up for failure just because the environment we live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, but you also, I feel like, and, and I'm just gonna play a little bit of a devil's advocate here just because I feel like it's important go for too. it, man. I love also, being challenged. Also, <laughs> well, no, and not necessarily challenging, like what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying, but also just like challenging that thought a little bit. I think a lot of people don't take ownership for more than what they think they can do. I think a lot of people like put that. it on like, like, Oh, well there's only fast food around me. And Oh, like I, I just can't afford healthy groceries. Oh, I can't, you know, like, Oh, the, you know, people at the work office always bring in all this extra food and like, Oh, okay. Like I get it. Like it makes it tougher. It makes it a little bit harder for you, but you're now making excuses. Just like we were talking about earlier. Like you have to take a little bit of ownership into your own situation, there's a lot more you can control than you're giving yourself credit for. Oh, exactly. That's the other thing. You got to like realize that what your actual capabilities are and you don't do that unless you push the limits. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's just like when I was just like working out, right? Like how many people like say like, Oh, I had a really great workout. And you know, they're, you know, using the pink dumbbells. I'm picking on those again. We always, that's something we always pick on in our Facebook group as well, but pink dumbbells, um, <laughs> you know, I'm using the pink dumbbells and, you know, getting, you know, five reps of, you know, a bicep curl. I'm like, all right, now listen, like you could probably do 50 of those. So like, let's yeah. actually like push ourselves a little bit harder, like, and actually see what failure feels like. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people that could embrace failure a lot better and be a lot more successful from that failure. And yeah. because they finally have met their limit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it's just like, I, I'll even use like my example of my, um, my powerlifting. Like I've been trying to like, like knock on wood. I have yet to fail a squat yet. Like I keep pushing, pushing, oh, you pushing. And I'm, it. You just jinxed I, oh, it. I, I know. I know. I definitely did. I <laughs> definitely did. 
but it's all right. Like my coach and I were just talking about with my competition coming up. I'm like, I, I was like, I actually need to try to like almost try to fail. Cause like my last competition, I made my third attempt look way too easy. It was embarrassing. Just don't, bo- <laughs> like, just don't bomb out. Just don't bomb out. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm not going to bomb out, but. <laughs> For but anybody no, like, that doesn't know, that's when you fail the first three squats and they don't let you keep going. Like if yeah, you can't yeah. get one squat, you're out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't want to do that, but. Um, so that's why you always start, you start easy, get, get one under your belt and then you're, you're good to go. Um, confidence. Exactly. Exactly. But no, like, the reason I was bringing that up is like, you, you don't know really what you're capable of. Like there are so many times, like, you know, when I've tried to test these squats and I'm like, like, this one's gonna be really hard. And somehow I always squeeze it out and grind it out and get it done. But like, I still don't know what my failure is. Like, what am I capable of? Like, I've been really close, but I haven't hit there yet. And so I think it's really important to continue to work towards all areas of your life to figure out where is that failing point and then be able to push as close as you can to that. Because it's like once you figure out where you fail at, you should be trying to push yourself as close as you can to that. Because at some point, the more you, the more effort you're putting into that and getting close to failure, the more your body, your mind will continue to grow and build from that to get stronger. Absolutely. Just like working out. And I think that also plays into like the whole nuance between like going to failure or leaving reps in the tank, because Mm -hmm. like, if you get into the nitty gritty on social media, you see these camps of people that are like, you got to leave two reps in the tank. And like, I've said it myself, but like, you need to provide context because if somebody's never Mm -hmm. gone to failure, they don't have any clue what that feels like. Nope. Exactly. My, I, I love uh, my, so I've never, I've never been an in-person trainer. I started coaching during the pandemic. And so I never had the experience to go in in person, but my past roommate, he said that sometimes he coaches still in person with some people. And he said sometimes he'll get them going on like a reps, let's say like a bicep curl or whatever it is, leg press, whatever it is. And he'll say, you know, he'll, they'll ask how many reps are going to I'll tell you to stop. And they'll keep going, keep going. He'll say one more, one more. One more, one more. That's one every more. trainer's you know, favorite saying. Just one more. <laughs> yep. And, and, but the next thing you know, like here they thought like, oh, my max is 12. And like, oh, you just said 22. All right. Now, now we know that we need to press a little bit harder here. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's like with the way that like I program for my people, I give them like a, what's called like a five plus on the main lift. I'm like, you're going to do five on the first five on the second, then as many as you can on the last pick the weight you think is right. Everybody grabs five or 10 pounds and then they do five (laughs) on the first five on the second 30 on the third. (laughs) It's like, what exactly? It's like, all right, so next time we're going to be picking up a lot heavier dumbbells there. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, all right, well now we know (laughs) now, you know, but, you, but you'll never know unless you try, right? Like, yeah. And that just goes for everything in life. And so many people could benefit from just pushing themselves a lot harder. And not that you have to push hard all the time, too. Like, I want to make sure we're mm-hmm. really clear with that, too. Like, that we're not telling people to, like, you have to go to failure every single set, every single time. We're not saying you have to go to failure with, you know, pushing yourselves to being uncomfortable every single day of the every single week. Like, that's not what we're asking. But you should, every once in a while, test yourself to see, like, what are you really capable of? Yeah. Because I mean, it is very, very helpful to know, and it's very helpful for your body to experience that. But most times we do want to operate at what's like called minimum effective dose, because that way you're always in a position where you can give more and you're not like super (laughs) sore at work. You're not like go to take a dump and you can't get up. Like you're not at that level. Exactly. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) Oh yeah. You get, you do that little like, uh, nope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly or the the leg cramp like midway and you're like oh god i'm dying i'm dying yep yep it's like once i'm down i'm not i'm not coming back up <laughs> nope nope it's like you almost like hope that like you're in a handicap accessible one because that way you can grab on and pull yourself out <laughs> yeah yep or you like you can't even like really sit down you have to just like pretty much like fall <laughs> yep <laughs> yep it's like, uh, have you ever seen a death at a funeral? I think so. It's been a while, but yes, I have seen that. Yes. It's uh, been a the, long time though. The, um, Danny Glover from lethal weapon is like the grandpa and he's like wheelchair bound and he's like going to the bathroom and he's like, somebody help me up. And I'm like, that's how I felt. 
<laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I, we were actually, it was funny. We were recording a podcast this morning. We were talking about like soreness with working out and like, and all of that stuff. And we're like, I, I think we've all been at that point before where it's just like you, you question life the next morning after a really bad leg day. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I think it's really interesting. Like when I know like, when I started getting to NCI stuff and like going through like the, the information and the educational component, a lot of people don't realize how much pushing it pedal to the metal all the time for like every day of the week really messes up your hormones. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you have to be careful with that. <laughs> yeah. It's like selective. You need high days and you need low days. Kind of like Charlie Francis, the famous Canadian sprint coach. Like if you want to give it your all, you got to make sure that you bring it back down to baseline. Mm -hmm. Cause you're, you're going to burn out eventually, right? Like you, you get, you gotta give yourself that. It, it all goes back to, again, that grace, like, like it's awesome like like and this this kind of like sims into a little bit of a different topic but along the same lines as well is like neither extreme is good with anything in life right like i think a lot of people get stuck with like like even the grit and grace like grit is awesome but if you're given 100 percent grit all the time you're gonna burn out eventually yeah absolutely and i i literally just had a woman comment on like one of my videos yesterday and she's like I talked about like going zero to 60 real fast and how that's a bad thing. And she's like, well, why can't I do it? And then we go on and talk and she's like, I'm doing keto fasting and I'm doing like all this stuff. And I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, she's going to burn out. She's like, mm -hmm. she's going to hit a wall and I don't want to be the one to say it. She's always trying to be super supportive, but it's like, when you have the mindset of I'm going to go all in hundred percent, really like do everything as hard as I can that's insinuating that we're going to hit the finish line. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at it this way. Think about, ask yourself if you were to be given, let's just say like you're given the body you want, like, like tomorrow morning, somebody could just, just snap the fingers, be like, all right, you got the body you wanted. Would you want to still keep doing the diet you're on right now? If you say no, probably chances are you're not doing the right kind of diet. But if it's something super sustainable, and, and again, like I'm not saying like dieting has to be super easy, like it has its difficulties, but it shouldn't be something that you're looking for the first out or the first exit, the first chance you get. You should actually want to do what you're wanting, what you're what you're doing. Exactly, because like just using logic, it's like if we eat the way we're eating right now, after you lose all the weight, what is your body going to do? It's going to go back to the way it was. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you got to learn the skills along the way. You could have the foods you love. You just got to realize how it fits into the puzzle, not just like shoving all the puzzle pieces off the table. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You got to, you got to learn the process. You got to respect the process and learn to love the process. Honestly, right? Like, like I said, like I, I'll be the first to say like the, the process is not all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, right? Like it's, it's going to have its hard times. Like you're going to have your times when you're not going to want to show up for yourself. You're going to have the times when you don't want to work out. You're going to have the times you don't want to eat the right foods. Like you're going to have those days, but you have to realize that the majority of the time, it shouldn't seem like you're having to grind yourself every single day to continue to do what you're doing with your diet mm -hmm. and nutrition and exercise and whatever it may be with your lifestyle. Exactly. If you're white knuckling it, it's never a good thing. <laughs> No, it's not going to nah. last. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. And I think another thing too, that a lot of people do struggle with is the like openness of, to changing methods. Like we latch on to what worked mm. in our twenties or like what in our thirties or whatever before kids. And it's like, well, that worked before. Why won't it work now? And <laughs> I mean, I like personally, I could count calories to the T and get stage lean about eight years ago. Now can't lose a pound doing calorie counting, but switch over to like hand portions because it works in social situations and I don't go off the rails. All of a sudden that works for me now. It's like, you got to okay. also have the openness to be like, okay, I'll try something new and see if it works better because my life is different. Yeah. That, that brings up a really good point. I feel like there are a lot of people that I talk to like, oh, I want to get back to, you know, where I was 20 years ago. And I'm like, oh, so like you're talking about before your three kids, before you got married, before all this happened, before, you know, before you had menopause, like all these things, like, you know, like there's so much things that can change. And it's like, you got to stop comparing, comparing yourself to unrealistic expectations of like what you're like, like your body has changed, right? Like, I'm not saying you can make progress. I mean, there's, 
I work with a woman who is in her, she just turned 70 this year and she's lost 85 pounds. Like, like you can still change throughout the years, but you can't also expect to have like that, you know, rock hard abs and, you know, toned and like, I hate use that word, but like, you know, have that toned look that you wish you had (laughs) like in like college and all these other days when you're, you know, when you're 20 years old, like that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I love using toned because it pisses off trainers and everyone that I work with gets it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I always, I use it just because I know it's what people identify with. Like, right. Yeah. Like my clients, they know what I mean. And I, I have to talk with them. I'm like, listen, like toned is <laughs> not really the real thing, but if we, I bet if both of us say toned, everyone listening to this podcast knows exactly what we're talking about. So I still use the word, even exactly. though everyone cringes at when I say it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, don't, don't get me wrong. Every <laughs> single trainer, every time toned comes out of our mouth, we lose a piece of our soul. Every little oh, bit yeah, of education, sure. <laughs> every little piece of education that we have is like wrong, wrong. Yes, exactly. But we all know what we mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not not to go too far off. I wanted to bring that back to because you really made a really good point about like bodies being different and like post kids and everything like that. One thing that I always seem to come up on conversations with is coming like to grips with the fact of what we can and cannot change. And especially for like the moms, it's like, there is that mom pouch that everybody wants to get rid of because it's like you birthday child, you literally did like the hardest thing any human ever will have to do. And they're like ashamed of it. I'm like, that's like a war. Like, that's like a battle scar. Like I would be rocking that crap. Like screw, (laughs) screw whatever media says, screw whatever, like every like social norms say, like that is something to be like. I am freaking badass. Yeah. I mean, that's not an easy feat for to carry a child for nine months and then birth a child. Like, and like, especially like, you know, I know a lot of women, you know, have like C-sections or things like that. And like, you know, they're now they're like ashamed of having those scars and such. And I'm just like, listen, like that is life. And that's the way it's supposed to happen. Like you're, you're comparing yourself to either the woman that's, you know, Photoshopping herself on Instagram or the magazine article of someone who's never had a child in their life. So like, you got to be, like you got to make sure what you're comparing yourself to. If you're comparing yourself like apples to oranges, yeah, you're going to feel like a piece of crap because there's no way you'll ever look like that. But if you're comparing yourself to maybe like another mom who has had three children and has had a C-section and all the other things, okay, maybe then we're on more comparable grounds there. Absolutely. You got to know like where you're at and what the actual end result is realistically going to look like. Because then you have better mm-hmm. expectations instead of getting to the quote unquote finish line and being like, Ugh, uh, I'm not, not quite there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You, you just got to. And, and even then, like comparing yourself can be a very. It can be a double edged sword, right? Like, like I. I think it's great to have some sort of sense of like goal in your mind. But you got to be careful, like, again, and I already mentioned that, like, as far as what, what you're comparing yourself to, but also, like, compare yourself to, like, who you are compared to who you were yesterday, the day before, a year ago. I mean, I'm I'm working with a client, actually, I just had a call with him today, um, where he was talking about, you know, he was really struggling with overeating. And when he first started working with me, he was eating about 5,000 calories a day most days, like, really struggling with overeating. And, you know, now we're down to, like, 3,000, like, still in a slight surplus we're working we have some lower days in the 2700s like we're we're working there and you know he was frustrated with himself this past week on the lack of progress in his eyes that he has seen like with the scale and such but he came to the call today because i and i gave him some homework to think about and i was like you know what are your thoughts and like you know what are your expectations when it comes to progress and he thought more about it and he came to the call today and he's like you know like i look at it and like my average has gone down like 2000 calories a day so like he's still making phenomenal progress. Yes, we have a good ways to go, but you have to be careful of what you're comparing yourself to and make sure you're looking at how you have improved based off of where you started at. Yep. Because it really comes down to just being better, right? It's not like you got to reach this like standard that for some reason is in our heads. It's like, how were you yesterday? And are you better today? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It is tough. I mean, I'll give it to everybody listening right now. That's like, ugh, I know, but like, it is tough. Like when you're in the oh, grocery store ourselves a little and bit. you <laughs> see all these magazines of like people oh, and man. us, and they've literally like openly Women's admitted world. that they Photoshop, like every single magazine photoshops. 
like they and they've yeah. come out and said it over the years like why people actually give these any value or any weight is beyond me and i do think it is a little bit because like they don't know that they are photoshopped i will do, do you follow um goob on instagram oh, yeah. Everybody listening right now, I know I, I tagged it in another podcast. I want to say it was yes. maybe two ago, but I'm going to tag it again here. You got to follow Goob. Please. It, it's enlightening. I love him. I love him. Just because like he calls out everybody. I We always, um, <laughs> my roommate and I used to joke um, about, <laughs> we're always like, can you imagine waking up one morning, like stretching, getting up, having a cup of coffee, and you go open up your phone and it says, you're tagged in a video by Goob. <laughs> I, I would lose my just shit. Now they called out. <laughs> I'm like, and that is why we don't Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll Photoshop my booty or something just to see if it helps my engagement. Just to test the market, you know? <laughs> it, it's wild. Oh, damn. That's a whole different rabbit hole. It's, just, it's wild. Like what the algorithm and everything else. I mean, like, that was, um, were you at the one day retreat that we had with boardroom? Uh, which one? I was in the one in January. Okay. So they had one just like last month or whatever it was. But anyways, oh yeah. No, I was there was someone there talking about Instagram and she seriously has spent like a ton of time, like testing, like if she faces to the left, she gets better engagement than if she faces to the right. If she has a brick wall behind her, she gets better engagement than a solid wall, like little tiny things that like people just respond better to. So like just a whole different tangent, but it just shows you like how much really goes into all that stuff. And, Oh yeah. And again, like, and if she like, she's like, if I show my bicep, I get, you know, a lot more views. If I show more than my triceps or like, just, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it all goes and this that. is, and this is pro like, I'm assuming it's like a solopreneur or somebody who's like technically would fall in the category of small business. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So imagine these companies with millions and millions of dollars in their marketing budget and mm -hmm. You could just assume they are photoshopping the crap out of what they're doing. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I always call it the. But I always call it the Photoshop diet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's just watch. That's going to be in like GQ next month. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Some actor. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like I, I know we're running low on time, and I definitely want to be able to squeeze in one last one. But before that, I got to just say it. Like. Also, not even Photoshop, but like on the dude side, the amount of actors that juice up and don't say a word. They're like, yes. I eat nothing but grilled chicken and vegetables. And it's like, okay, ro okay, rock. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure you have a little something else inside of you helping you out with that physique. Yeah. If we just follow the trail, like, let's be honest, everybody in the Attitude Era of the WWE was on juice, and they all pretty much have admitted <laughs> to it at this point. So it's like, mm -hmm. we can just fairly assume. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Again, yeah. it all goes back to never compare yourself. I think just bottom line for everybody listening, like, never compare yourself to anybody unless you know 100% about them. Yep, exactly. And the only person that we truly know 100% about is ourselves. So compare exactly. yourself to the picture months ago, not somebody else's like chapter 50. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we got just a little bit of time to ask the most important question. And I'll know. return listeners, you know what's coming. And if you're new to the podcast, buckle up. You ready, Chase? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Good. You have that perfect amount of uncertainty that I love. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's you got? What's your favorite movie and why? Oh, man. You know, you're asking like the worst possible person. You're probably gonna, like not even air this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I I am not the biggest movie guy. Like, There's a ton of movies hey. that I have not seen that people like get. They're just like, what? That's a classic. I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen most of them. Um, That's okay. I'll give you a list when we're all done. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, so if I had to say favorite movie, hmm, this is really tough. Like the first one that comes to mind is I really loved it. I, I very rarely go to the theaters, but I, the last one I saw was um, Top Gun Maverick. Loved that movie. Solid um, choice. So, it, it, and why? I, I don't know. Like, I just, I really love the storyline. I thought it was really good. Um, 
I don't know. Again, I'm not a huge movie person. Again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'd probably say that one just because I, I, I love the story. It was a good movie. And I'd see it again. It's one of those. I feel like if it's a movie that I could watch again, it's not too bad. Awesome. Awesome. Well, because you're not a big movie person, I'll even open it up. Is Are you more of a book or a uh, music person? Music. All right. Best album or song? so it's probably like are you into any edm music i i know your taste in music and i like (laughs) (laughs) you probably don't know most of the songs that i'm listening to Um, for anybody that that doesn't follow chase there's a lot of screamo and i'm all about it (laughs) nice okay um probably the thrones of blood which that says it enough right there um album from sullivan king that just recently came out like a couple months ago or like last year sometime but Awesome. I'll have to add you to my uh, my list of people that I ask about the the heavier stuff. You and my old client Hudson, like that. You guys are definitely like two peas in a pod when it comes to that stuff. So when yeah, I I'm when going... it's PR day, I'm hitting you up. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I got I got a whole playlist, and I'm actually going to see. Um, um, do you know uh, Shaq? Obviously, right? Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. He. Do you know he DJs? Mm-hmm. Best thing. So ever. I'm going to his. I'm going to his first festival next month so um, in like sick. six weeks. Um, it's down in Texas. It's him and like a lot of my other favorite people and some people I haven't seen yet. So I can't wait. But yeah. Hey, take plenty of videos. Oh, for sure. You know, I will. <laughs> I'll be watching all the grainy ones, all of the horrible sound quality ones. <laughs> I will be pressing my ear to the screen like, oh, my God. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Chase, for coming on. I know that everybody definitely got a lot out of this, like your own personal experience, like what you tell clients and everything like that. There were so much, there were so many tactical, tangible things that people can take away. So thank you. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing the wisdom. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. This has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Now, if anybody hasn't come across your, your content yet or Chris's and conquer, where can they find more of chase? So the best place that in link in the bio and my Instagram is probably the best place to find everything. So that's I'll just send everybody there. Um, Instagram at changing underscore chase. Um, we also have a podcast, chasing health podcast, which I believe you're scheduled for next week. Aren't you? I believe um, so. I believe so. So I, I uh, definitely go, day, man. <laughs> oh, I, I, no oh I do too. That's why I said, I believe you are. <laughs> I, I definitely operate day to day as well. Live off my Google calendar, but, um, but no, yeah. Uh, at changing, underscore chase on instagram and the chasing health podcast hell yeah and don't worry guys nobody has to go searching for that it's going to be all the show notes so just go down there click away and you'll be good to go so again thank you so much chase thank you everybody for listening in hope you got a lot out of it and i will see you guys same time same place next week later see you guys Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and you're a new listener, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode. And if you're a returning listener, I would love your feedback. If you could take two seconds to just leave a quick review on iTunes or Spotify and rate the show, that would be greatly appreciated. So thank you in advance and have a great rest of your week.